Good morning and good coffee, everybody. Hey, it's time for some morning coffee with Larry, and I am glad that you have joined with me today for a cup of, mmm, it smells so good, mmm, and it tastes so good coffee. (laughs) Something to wake you up when you're still fighting with the whole idea of the time change, but that's life. (laughs) Oh, but I'm also enjoying petting one of our cats. I laid down here on the love seat to uh, by the windows to record the podcast. And little Rosalie just decided to crawl up on the blanket and start kneading with her front claws. So I'm glad I have a blanket because she has very sharp claws and just seems to always have to knead. <laughs> The wiener dog, she's asleep. She didn't want to be disturbed. She looked at me, closed her eyes, went back to sleep. (laughs) Which, that's a good thing when you're this early in the morning, but oh well. Anyway, glad that you're here. It is the 10th of March, 2020. We are a third of the way through the month. Can you believe it? It's a little bit windy. We had those... uh, That storm system, rain system that came through yesterday, I was looking on the radar nationally, and my gosh, there's scattered nastiness all over the eastern half of the United States, basically Indiana on, and it's like, wow, we had all that go through us yesterday, but, you know, I don't think we had too much storm stuff. It was mostly just just annoying cold rain. Uh, We had our bee club meeting last night, and and uh, came out of the meeting, and it was just raining and miserable, and I had to get gas and and really didn't want to get out of the, the truck to pump the gas. But I have to admit, it was fun pumping gas because it was $2.06 a gallon. Now, if you're in a state outside of Illinois, your gas may be cheaper than that because we just have crazy high gas taxes here. But Oh my gosh, $2.06. It makes me want to hurry up and burn up the tank of gas just to buy some maybe even cheaper in a few days. <laughs> oh, but that that kind of tickled me to see gas prices going down. I always like that. I understand there is a bit of a price war going on in the Middle East between Saudi Arabia and Iran. And that... uh uh, Saudi is dropping the price, and uh, that that's kind of nice when you got a, a price war going on and, and on crude, and that it it reflects all the way down. So that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Anyway, I want to give out a shout out to a couple of friends of mine, actually a couple of coworkers, and if I can find where. There it is. Well, now it disappeared. That's the problem with uh, uh, Facebook. It keeps wanting to update itself. (laughs) But anyway, uh, there's uh, uh, two of my coworkers that are uh, dietitians, and it's Amanda and Lindsay, and they have a little side company called Nutrition Wise. And they have a podcast called the Nutrition Wise Podcast. It's about once a week, and they cover a variety of different nutrition topics. And uh, as they say on their uh, their site, when you uh, when you go out to it, you know there are a couple of besties that are sharing their their thoughts in a in a uh, 
what they call it, not a no guilt, but a, uh, uh, you know, they're not, they're not there to bash you. They're not nutrition, you know, uh, wackos or something like that. They, they, they know their stuff. That's who I go to regarding any nutrition question that I have. Uh, and they, uh, they have a lot of fun with their podcast and, and have a lot of fun with what they put together as a service to the community. Uh, so, if you uh, want to check out their podcast, easiest way is to go to anchor.fm. That's the same place that I use for my podcast. And then just do a search, you know, uh, for the or Nutrition Wise Podcast. You can also find it on uh, Spotify. You can find it uh, through the regular um, um, iTunes, uh, pod, you know, for your iPhone podcasting app. Uh, it's on a lot of different platforms, but go check them out. See if they uh, if they've got some fun stuff that you would enjoy listening to as well. So uh, they uh, they do it. They do some good work. Well, what I want to talk about today, and let me find it and pull it up. Da 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 da. It kind of stemmed from a joke that my wife and I were having last night. Uh, we were chatting on the phone as I was coming home from uh, the B Club meeting. And uh, we were joking about complaining. And uh, as we were joking and just poking fun at each other regarding that, uh, I said, hey, that would make a good topic for a podcast. So this morning, I was just kind of looking up on complaining, and I found an interesting little article that I thought I would share with you, kind of like I've done some other ones and tossed in a few comments. But it is posted in the verywellmind.com uh, blog website, and the article is by Elizabeth Scott M.S., so I'm not sure what her master's of science is in. I'm going to make an assumption. It's something in the counseling realm. But the article is titled, Hidden Benefits and Detriments of Complaining. Now, she updated this article in January of this year. So I thought, let's, let's, let's check this out. What are some of the benefits of complaining? Because don't we usually think of it in a negative way? So uh, she... she uh, she starts off the article, many effective stress management techniques focus on the benefits of positive outlook. Yep, I agree. Positive thinking brings great benefits and a cheerful attitude can be contagious in the most enjoyable way. A constant focus on the negative can obscure many of the joys of life, can dampen an attitude of gratitude, and can be experienced as an energy drain to others. That said, complaining is a pastime that can be found in most groups, if not most people. There are some stress-relieving benefits to complaining, though they diminish when complaining slips into a more serious mode of anger and rumination. Voicing frustrations in small doses, however, has its place as a stress reliever. And here's some reasons why people are often prone to complaining. That next to last sentence, voicing frustration in small doses does have its place as a stress reliever. And, you know, just on face value, I never thought about complaining as a stress reliever. But, you know, 
as I get into this article, it's like, okay, I get where she's going. This kind of makes sense. Hold on a second. Mm. Ah, love that coffee. All right. Um, let's see. Here's some of the ways that she says that uh, complaining can be very helpful. Sometimes we need to vent. Like a shaken bottle of carbonated goodness, when we're under pressure, we can sometimes feel the urge to explode in complaints. Letting it out can, uh, can relieve the inner tension we feel from a difficult situation and help us feel ready to face the next frustration. Sometimes we need to, ju- we need to blow off steam by expressing ourselves. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. I think it needs to be a controlled explosion. Uh, that I would definitely say, you know, but it's, it's kind of like um, a pressure relief valve. Uh, you, you know, if you got a water heater, uh, if something, if the, the water temperature and the pressure starts to build up inside for whatever reason, there's a little pop-off valve. And that pop-off valve allows any excess bubbly, boily water to come out and go down the drain in a safe way. Because you really don't want the entire water heater to like blow a seam and and come apart. Because then you would have a massive, massive flood. That actually happened last year with one of my mom's apartments. Made a huge, humongous mess. So, yeah, it's better to, you know, let off some of that pressure before there's an explosion. All right, next point that she makes. Validation feels good. Often when we are frustrated or feel wronged in some way, feeling emotional validation from... Let me say that again. Feeling emotional validation from another person is like salve for our bruised egos. Hearing someone say, I know how you feel, I'd be frustrated too, can feel like a warm hug. After getting some quick validation, like scraped up children who have received a kiss from mom, we feel confident to venture back out and face our problems. And I would agree with that. That can be one of the the benefits. When we keep something just inside, then we can we can start wondering, okay, am I crazy to think this? Am I, you know, taking this, you know, blowing it way out of proportion? And whenever we share it with a person, a frustration, an aggravation, if we complain to them, well, guess what? They may say, yeah, you're right. I'd be frustrated too. And that gives some credibility. It, it, it confirms what we're thinking about the situation and the, and the emotions afterwards. Another is solutions can feel even better. Approaching a problem as a team can pool the strengths of several people at once. Complaining to others about what is bothering you opens you up to their input and perhaps some solutions you haven't thought of. People often engage in complaining as a way to ask for help. And in a way, that's kind of how a lot of therapy groups are run. Uh, you know, in a therapy group, you, you have the, the counselor, or maybe it's, you know, even a self-help group, but you have somebody that's kind of guiding and leading, but somebody brings up a concern, a problem, a complaint in their life. And they, they can get that 
not just validation from the group, but they can also solicit and get ideas for positive, productive change. So by making a complaint, you have, you know, in a kind of a group setting, you have that opportunity to make them your team. So yeah, I, I agree with that one. That one is a good approach. You may need another perspective. When we are too close to a situation, it is common to see only our perspective and to see the problems we face as magnified and sometimes distorted. Sometimes it helps to tell a trusted friend what we are facing and see if there's something we're not seeing or if there's a different way to look at the same situation. If we are open to hearing new input, it can be quite helpful to step outside of our own point of view and see what others think of our complaints. Yeah, that's exactly what I do a lot whenever I'm working with somebody in therapy. A lot of times, you know, the, the people that I'm, I'm, I'm helping, I'm assisting, they see things just from a very narrow point of view. And there's various reasons why we can have that narrow point of view. So what I will do whenever I recognize that is say, well, what do you, how do you think other people may be seeing this situation? You know, what about this person that was present? They're not here in the therapy session, but if we wanted to imagine what they might be thinking based upon how they reacted, what do you think it would be? And so by, by kind of bringing in other perspectives, a lot of times, you know, a person's able to say, oh, now I get why maybe somebody did this or somebody did that. I didn't think about looking at it that way. So gaining another person's perspective can be a very helpful benefit to complaining to somebody that can kind of help guide you. We may need to build motivation. Sometimes we know we need to make a change, but simply aren't ready to take the risk and put in the effort quite yet. We need to build motivation. Focusing on what is difficult about the situation can be a way to build motivation to make a change. It's part of the process of getting there. You know, change is, is definitely a risk. Uh, a lot of times if you're trying to convince other people for doing change, uh, it's better to use a different word. Instead of saying change, say improvement. Hey, we're going to make these changes in the department. Ugh, don't like change. Change is bad. But if it is, hey, we're going to make these improvements to the department. Oh, what are you going to improve? Will that make my job, my life better? So, when we when we think about change as being something good, uh, that's fantastic. But again, we're changing routines. You know, why would we do this? Sometimes we need to focus on the problems as that motivator, as that thing to get us to go. You know, we usually do not move out of positions of comfort. And sometimes even bad things can become comfortable. But if we focus on why we don't like something, why something is a problem, and that we need to do something, focusing on or complaining can be a good motivator to make the change. And then she says in the article, 
Complaining gets things done. Just as the squeaky wheel gets the oil, sometimes voicing one's complaints is a way of getting things fixed. If you complain to somebody who's in a position to make the changes, or if you use a diplomatic approach, complaining in this way can be much more effective in relieving stress than saying nothing, since the polite complaint approach can get results. Complaining, however, can be damaging as well when a few venting sessions turns into, well, hold on, let me pause on that for a moment. That's, that's kind of leading us into the next topic. So that polite complaint. Whenever I worked in hospice and I had families that had a loved one that was in a nursing home, I would teach them how to do that squeaky wheel gets the grease. And I would tell them when you, and you, you know, this may be something if you are in that situation, you may want to try also. Whenever you go into a nursing home, the thing you don't want to do is immediately go to your loved one's room, make the visit, and then leave. Um, nursing homes are filled with lots of people. It's, it's an institution. It's an institutionalized system. In order to take care of that many people with the staff that they are allowed to hire because of, you know, just the cost of, of providing that kind of health care, they have to do things in a very systematic way. So uh, if you want to make sure that your loved one is not just seen as a number, not just a person, you know, on this hall, you want them to stand out above the others because you want to you know, promote and encourage good care for your loved one. Whenever you go to the nursing home, you go to the desk and you talk to the nurse that's covering the hall for your loved one. And you say, you know, hey, I'm here to visit so-and-so. Have there been any, you know, any concerns or any problems or how is she doing or how is he doing today? So you get just a brief little report. Then you thank them. Thank you so much. I appreciate everything that you do. Then you go back and you have your visit with the loved one. Whenever you're done with the visit, then go back and find that nurse and say, hey, I wanted to let you know I'm leaving. And then if there is a problem that you noticed, then express that and say, hey, I noticed that it looks like... Um, uh, her laundry hasn't been done for a while. I'm not sure if somebody missed it or what have you. You express that complaint in that polite manner. You bring it to their attention. Or if everything is going fine, find something then to compliment them on and say, you know, go up when you're talking to the nurse as you're getting ready to leave, say, oh, you know, I know that, you know, mom isn't able to comb her hair very well and her hair looks really nice today. So I know one of the staff really took the time to do that. I really appreciate it because I know that means something to mom. And so you give a compliment and what you're, and then leave. So what you're doing is you're, you're bringing you know, some things to their attention, either of a concern, a complaint, or of a compliment, and that, that's making you a squeaky wheel in a positive way. So, yeah, complaints can get things done. If, if a complaint is never voiced, guess what? It's not going to. Let me check my time here really, really fast. Okay. Um, whoops, lost my, lost my thing. Where is it? Where is it? There it is. Okay. Complaining, however, can be damaging as well. When a few venting sessions turns into a continual habit 
or if a few people venting their frustration turns into a group of constant complainers, we get into more stress-inducing territory. Here's some examples of pitfalls of too much complaining. Focusing on the problem, not the potential solutions. While complaining can be a means to build motivation, it does keep the focus on the problem rather than on the potential solutions. If you spend too much time complaining, you can work yourself into a place of resigned acceptance, of sheer rage, or of feeling stuck rather than of motivation to change. Yeah, so you, you want to, it's, it's kind of like the, the old saying, everything in moderation. If all you're doing is staying stuck in the complaining part, yeah, it's detrimental. It's detrimental. It gets you, it gets you stuck or you just accept it and you don't even try for change. Another problem, pessimistic outlook. Research shows that there are many benefits to an optimistic outlook and pitfalls to a pessimistic one. Attitudes can work like habits. We get used to thinking a certain way, and we start automatically taking that perspective. A habitual focus on the negative can bring a habitually pessimistic perspective. Yeah, we, you, you remember me talking in a previous podcast here recently? Uh, we see what we're looking for. And if we get in the habit of looking for something to complain about, boom, yep, then that's what we're going to see. We're going to pick that out. And there are people in each of our lives, and maybe even in ourselves, where it's like they're professional complainers. They, they, they are... Can, they have conditioned themselves to always find something to complain about. And that gives the pessimistic outlook. And once you've kind of crossed the line into being a pessimist, you know, seeing, you know, the glasses half empty, then you it's harder and harder to see anything positive. Or if you do see positives, there's always a comma but attached. You know, hey, you did a really good job, comma, but, you know, you miss this thing here, or this is still a problem. You know, if you catch yourself putting in those comma buts after a compliment, boom, I think you got an issue that you need to think about. I'm into that boom thing right now. I don't know why, where did that come from? Boom. Anyway, you don't want to be in that pattern. If you catch yourself doing it, or somebody else mentions that, Hey, take that as a warning sign. All right, next is free-floating anger. When you focus on things about which people chronically complain, you risk becoming more more angrier. This anger can take on a life of its own, and you can start feeling more angry about more and more things. This anger can lead to relationship and health issues, and it's not good for you. That's, you know, I think there's, I I see different groups of people. And part of it, I think, is with social media and the concept of the echo chamber. People find like-minded people, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But whenever it's promoting something negative or complaining or getting loud or expressing anger on a regular basis, next thing you know, it starts fueling up in you. 
And that's not a healthy thing when you have free-floating anger because then it's like you're just bringing anger to the party and looking for a place to put it. Negative groups. Complaining can, excuse me, complaining can be contagious. What might start as a group of people offering one another validation and solidarity can sometimes begin to resemble an angry mob. If you find that you and your friends habitually complain about the same things and don't feel better afterwards, it may be time to look for a new topics of focus. Yeah, that's kind of what what I'm seeing as a theme whenever I think about it is is this it it it's it's like a hill or a, a boulder starting to roll downhill and it starts picking up speed. Drain on others. If you don't have the support of the group, this can be detrimental as well. Those who frequently complain can be experienced as energy vampires by others. Be careful that your complaints don't become so heavy that they overwhelm your listener. The problems, and I think this is where the, and I would agree, you know, it's, it's what a lot of times people will call the Debbie Downer, the person in the group that's always complaining, the Eeyore, who, who is always, you know, on that negative side, um, you know, we, we need, if there's somebody like that in our group, what can we do to help them? What can we do to help them rather than kind of push them to the side? Because they're our friend. We need to do something. And, uh, but yeah, it, it can be a definite problem. This gal, she finishes out her little article, her blog post as, the problems we complain about often need solutions. And the stress of these challenges must be minimized and managed. Clearly, complaining has some benefits and can be a way of to relieve stress in small doses. Underline that, people, in small doses. But excessive complaining about problems, big or small, just isn't an effective solution. Cut out complaining, and you're much more likely to see the world with optimism and gratitude. You know, she says cut out complaining after giving some of the benefits. But, yeah, it's... Let complaining just be one step in a process of getting to the optimism. All right, I like that little article. That's a pretty good one. Again, that's from Very Well Mind. I'll put a link to this uh, out there on the uh, the Facebook uh, uh, page if you want to uh, review the article or pass it to a friend who needs it. <laughs> All right, folks, that's it for today. We will wrap up. You have a great day out there. Make the most of it, and we'll catch you tomorrow right here on the podcast. Bye-bye.